Now it's stripping time. This is Hard Parking brought to you by Right Honda and Right Toyota at Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Jay Finning. I am recording from my home studio in Gilbert, Arizona. Jam-packed show today. Mr. Bob Marshall, Bob Chat is back. New segment. We're going to talk about movies. Speaking of movies, I recently saw Ant-Man 3, Quantumanium. Thought it was really cool. Critics didn't like it. It is tied or maybe the lowest or the second lowest MCU rated movie by the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. But the variance is like 40-something percent versus 84% for the people. And it's funny when it comes to critics because people say, well, I never rely on the critics. Critics don't know anything. If the score is low, that's what you say. If the score is high and you like the movie, you say you, even the critics like the movie. Look at the movie. It's critically acclaimed. Also, Divya Sungham is back. Fatal car crash report. Fatalities were declining before rising. We're going to talk about that, find out what that really means, some surprising statistics for you. And we check in with NS Extra Chris Cutt, who is camping from inside his NSX. He has the famous NSX with the NSX trailer, the camper on top, and the Moto Compo. That is the guy. All that after this word from Four Wheel Online. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at Four Wheel Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's Four Wheel Online, the number four wheel online. Had kind of a funny thing happen. So you know how you can go to Nike.com, you can custom order some shoes. You can customize your shoes. So I went on Nike a few months ago. My sister-in-law has a friend at Nike who can kind of give us a hookup, like 40% off employee discount. So I figured, hey, why not modify some Air Force Ones? Now, I've never owned Air Force Ones prior to last year. And I'm one of those counter-hype people. So everybody, you know, I need two pair. Stomping in my Air Force Ones, Nelly. I'm like, I don't need that. Everybody's doing that. I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. But... Ferrisot, who was a director of NS Expo 2022, bought them for the committee. I, mean, I was on the committee. He got custom colored ones. They're really cool. It said NSX 22 on the back. Super comfortable. I was shocked. Typically, I'm a Adidas Ultra Boost Adidas person. So I decided to go ahead and custom order them, do the colorway of the NSX. So it was white, gray, black. If you guys saw the NSX the last few months, it's all white now. But the last few months, I had kind of this, this grayscale color theme going with it. And it was pretty fucking cool. But those are also the colors. The official colors of one auto are white and black. So I got the shoes customized on the back. I had OA on one heel and OA on the other heel because they're only limited by three letters. Fast forward, I get these shoes. I open them up and I look on them and I'm looking at the front and the ones I receive have like a canvas toe and I know I would have got leather. So that was my first thing. I was like, hmm, I don't no, if this is really what I picked, I'll have to go look. And I'm looking at the back of the shoe and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And I, I kind of look at my wife and I go, Hey, these aren't really, 
She goes, just, just don't say anything. Just make something up. And I, th- I thought, okay, well, it's not that I'm going to upset my brother-in-law who brought him over. Like, we paid money for it. We paid good money for these shoes, even though we got them on discount. And the customization was important to me. It is important to me. So I sat up here and I thought about it for a while. And then I called my brother-in-law up here. I go, hey, let me talk to you about these shoes. Discussed it with him. And, and the way I could best explain it is if you have a favorite sports team, we'll take football. Let's say you're a, I don't know, a Dallas Cowboys fan. And you get these shoes customized in the color of the Cowboys. And on the back of one heel, you have cow. And on the back of the other heel, you have boy. People know when they see those shoes, they're going to be like, oh, those are cowboy colors. And then when they see the heels, like cowboy, oh, that's a Dallas Cowboys. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. So I broke that down to him like that big Bills fan. I go, what if it was like Buffalo? It's Buffalo. The spelling of Buffalo doesn't really work out that way. But when I looked at the back of my shoes, instead of them having an OA and an OA for one auto, one shoe had 101 and the other shoe had AAO. No idea what that's supposed to mean. Just a bunch of gibberish. So we all agreed that, well, he and I agreed. I said, look, I know they're customized. I know they're probably all sales final. Just ask your wife, ask your friend, just find out. If it's going to be a hassle, don't worry about it. I'll just keep the shoes. Not a huge deal. It is a huge deal, actually, but I don't want them to think it's a huge deal. So he said he's going to look into it. So we'll see what happens. OAOA for one auto on each shoe versus 101. What does that mean? In AAO. That's funny. Oh, I should have got 130 on one and NSX on the other. I'm an idiot. That's going to be my next pair. Coming up, Divya Sangam, Bob Marshall, and Chris Cutt, Mr. NS Extra. Mr. Cutt, describe to me your exact location and situation. So it's, uh, I'm in some vacant lot, uh, I don't know. I think it used to be like an old insurance company. We have a lot of those in Connecticut. And I'm in the middle of a blizzard. And I'm in my tent with my dog on top of the NSX trailer. And I am testing out my new heater. Um, so I hooked up a uh, diesel, Chinese diesel heater in the trailer. And I exhausted it. I, I ran the exhaust underneath and out of the trailer. And then I ran all the duct work uh, up to the tent. And I'm just testing it out. I have it all the way as low as it'll go right now. And it's actually keeping me really toasty in here. And I have a couple carbon monoxide detectors, two of them for redundancy. But it's snowing out hard. It's I think we're getting like uh, nine inches tonight or something they're saying. So I'm just hoping that this place doesn't have like a security guard and that plows aren't going to come in and plow me in where I'll be stuck. But I brought tire chains just in case. So, so not only do you have... A half an NSX turned into a trailer, and you have a camper on top of your NSX, but you also have chains for your tires on said NSX. Yeah, not exactly. I, I, I called them tire chains, but they're not actually chains. They're called tire socks. Um, they are comparable to chains. I've watched, I, I watched, I did a ton of research. But they don't damage the road, probably. Well, they won't damage the road, but so they, they actually work just as well as chains. They actually perform better for stopping, they actually stop better. Um, you can't go over 35 miles an hour with them. Um, I think as soon as you hit pavement, they start to shred up and so do chains, but these happen, they shred up a lot quicker than chains when you hit dry pavement. Um, also one of my concerns is that they might come off and like wrap themselves around an axle or something. So that would be bad. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I guess the 
theoretically that could happen with chains too, but they're probably on the tires more securely. But they seem pretty cool, and I'm excited to use them. So, I feel like your vehicle would be incapacitated if that were to happen. Yeah, probably. I have tools and stuff, so I would I would get it off pretty quickly. But I've I also have spares. I brought six of them, so I have two for the trailer wheels, two for the drive wheels, and two for the front wheels. So you've talked about your setup on our One Drink Wednesday with myself and Wes. Yep. The listeners are probably mind blown right now. There are still people, and I and I shared with you a couple of weeks ago. A friend of mine from high school sent me your car and said, "Are you kidding me?" And I asked him. I said, "How are?" <laughs> I said. How are you just now seeing this guy with one and a half NSX as a dog in a camper? So I, I would <laughs> imagine by now it's everywhere, but apparently not. No, it's still, I, whenever I go out on drive, I always get people like sending me pictures on Instagram and stuff that had never seen me before. And I have the Instagram handle on the side of the window. So, so they see it and they're like, Oh, I just saw that thing and it's awesome. But they'd never seen it before. So not everybody's on Instagram, I guess. I guess not. I guess some people have lives on like people like you and me. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody just sent me a message a few minutes ago of a, he has a BMW wagon and he made a trailer out of it and it's really awesome. And, uh, my idea was to take the, the mangled front half of the trailer and make a racing simulator. I haven't gotten around to it. I've been busy and I don't really have the room for it. I have the racing simulator simulator already. I just kind of have to throw it in there, but this guy actually put, the racing simulator inside of his trailer, which is a very mm. cool idea. Yes, I thought that was neat. Yeah, it definitely outdid himself. He did a really good job. So this is your, is this your pilot night? Is this your test test flight with this setup? Yeah, I'm just testing it out, seeing how uh, how it goes. I was a little bit concerned about how height, how hot the, uh, the piping was getting because I didn't want it to melt the canvas, but I found a way around that. I found some different material that seems to be working. It is like a really dry heat which kind of sucks. Um, Arizona. And it's like, it's almost, yeah, it's almost too hot in here. So I actually had to crack a window, but it's also really windy outside right now. Like the tent's getting blown around and it's not an insulated tent either. So, so that leads me to my next question. Is there, is there a thermostat on said diesel powered heater? There is. Um, it's on the actual unit, which is below me inside the actual trailer. So I want to wire that mm. up in here, but I do have a remote control, um, that I can control it with from up here, but it's not a thermostat. I could just turn it up and down. The actual thermostat I need to wire up here. Now, does Chris Cut run hot or run cold, typically? I I like to sleep in the cold usually, but not this type of cold. The wind chill, I don't know what it is right now, but it's definitely freezing, below freezing. So, so what happens in the morning when you wake up and you're covered with two and a half feet of snow. I know you said nine inches, but then there's this thing called drifts for people who yeah. are listening, who don't know what this actually means. Nine inches could easily be three feet. Yeah. I could in some places, although in Connecticut, the, the weather, I mean, the weather channel is wrong everywhere. We might even, we might just get an inch or something. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. It actually looks like there might already be an inch on the ground. So when are you coming to Arizona? I don't know. I really want to get out there as soon as possible. Things keep happening that like keep, uh, stifling my progress so but I'll, I'll get out there eventually hopefully within the next few months i know i keep saying that but i really do you want to do. Get out there. you're yeah. like the dad who keeps telling his kid he's gonna come pick him up after soccer practice but then you never uh, show I'm, up I'm the, I'm the shitty dad yeah you're the, <laughs> you're the shitty dad and i'm standing there every night asking 
you know, when the, the coach is like, hey, Jay, you need a ride? I'm like, no, my dad's coming. But I'll I'm, make it you up know, to you, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, that's exactly. I'll make it up to you, kiddo. Here, I stopped by uh, Walmart and bought you this uh, remote control car. Thanks, Dad. I wanted that six years ago. I know some friends of mine are trying to find out where I am right now because they want to come peg me with snowballs. <laughs> don't tell them. Don't, don't send your ping. It's like Pokemon <laughs> Go. It's like NS Extra Go. Yeah. In the morning time when I wake up and I'm covered in snow, I'm going to actually, I don't have the Moto Compo with me. So the trailer's pretty much empty. So I'm actually going to cook inside the trailer and see how that works out. Nice. Now I'm trying to, I'm trying to do a visual now because I could just see you in some lot. Cause the last time you told me about some lot you're in, the situation was different. It was a little, a little more bleak this time okay. you're in, you're in good spirits. Yeah, um, yeah. You don't have a flat, and your trailer didn't fucking break on you, and you're not in the middle of the ghetto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm not. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I just wanted to check in with you. Um, we got to get you back on the show for a, a lengthy, longer talk. Yeah. Um, you're an, you're you're a fun person to talk to. We don't always agree on everything, but we always respect each other, and I love that about you. And it's always a fun conversation. Same here, man. I always like being on and talking to you. I liked what you were talking about earlier about that video you shared about the uh, the mechanic test driving the the client's car. Yeah, do you have thoughts on that? I I do. Um, so I I can only tell you that. I mean, because we both have limited are, information. I I have limited information on that situation. Okay, well, I can only tell you my experiences. So I remember one time on the forums. Uh, there was a fellow NSX owner who had brought his NSX in for a timing belt and water pump job. And the tech had asked him if he ever wanted to sell his car, could he, he would be interested in buying it. And the guy just kind of said, shrugged it off and said, yeah, whatever. Um, but took his number and never planned on calling him. And he had got the car back. And about a week later, he said, you know what? I'm going to entertain it and see if this guy was serious and wants to buy it. Maybe I will sell it. So, he couldn't find the guy's number, so he called the Acura dealership, and they said, oh, he's not here today, but this is his name. So he looked up the guy on Facebook, the, the tech that worked on his car who offered to buy it, and on the guy's Facebook profile picture was his NSX out in front of the tech's <laughs> house. And the tech's friends on Facebook were commenting, saying, thanks for letting us drive the NSX. So that means this guy had actually, the tech had taken the customer's NSX home mm -hmm. and was letting people drive it. Mm. And that's really messed up. And the guy was on the forum saying, what should I do? And I said, I was telling him he should demand that NC1 or go on the news and go live at five. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, as far as taking people's cars and driving them i mean it, it's if you're a mechanic and you work on nice cars it's going to be hard not to get on it and i had a, a good friend of mine who would uh take care of people's collections and he used to call me up and say hey i have this r8 v10 plus and you need to drive one because i you know he knew i had never driven one and I said, yeah, okay. And we never did anything. And then about a month later, he called me again and said, hey, I have this V10 Plus here again. Come for a ride. So I said, okay. So I went for a ride and he let me drive it. And it was actually owned by a 75-year-old woman. Now, he had no business letting me drive this client's car. And I drove it and I got on it, you know, and I, I wouldn't say no, you know. Right. But but that kind of stuff just happens, I guess. Um, it's a shame that the people's engine broke and I think the fact that they have footage of it is definitely going to help their case. Um, Potentially, right? 
Yeah, 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 potentially. So I can cover but, my thoughts about it after we hang up, or I can cover my thoughts about it now. I'm always I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. So my thoughts are, as a friend of mine, and he 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 knows all these people because he does all sorts of custom work. Super nice guy. Uh, about three years overdue on the podcast, but that video because at the time he sent it to me, it, it didn't have a lot of likes and didn't have a lot of forwards, which tells me it's kind of new, right? Um, but at first I was watching it and I was like, okay, that's screwed. You know, these two, you know, service guys and the service manager took this, this woman's car for a joyride. They noticed that it had low oil and they turned it in oil leak. Something was wrong with the motor or with the video. And they submitted it to Acura and Acura said, well, it's going to cost $175,000 to replace your motor, which I've seen that before because it costs them more to make the car than what they sold the car for. Yeah. Well, what was there was that NC1 owner that had his oil pumps replaced and that was 30 grand. Exactly. And there's a guy right now on Facebook who's, you know, I think he's reached a settlement with Acura because it would cost more to buy the motor and install the motor than it would be just to replace the car, or get him a new car. Yeah. And we're out of cars. There's no more NSXs, you know, yeah, yeah. period. Like that's my fear is anything happens in my car. It, it is what it is. That's why I'm trying to work on my daily more often. But in the video, she claimed that Acura offered to buy the car back or get, or settle for $20,000. And she was obviously incredibly offended, but watching the video, she's a professional race car driver who works at speed Vegas or one of those speed places this apparently was an NSX that was used at one of those exotic car places. In fact, I probably drove this fucking NSX. In 2017 at Speed Vegas, I drove a black NSX around the track. It's your fault. You blew it up. I probably <laughs> blew it up five years ago, and they're just now figuring it out. Six years ago, right? <laughs> but the thought is, you submit that video, and you have not only technicians driving the shit out of your car, but there's actual... Overlay footage of Speed Vegas, that's going to be a hard claim to make to any car manufacturer, I would imagine, because you're obviously, it's two sides of the story, right? Cars, yeah, are, cars are made to withstand all sorts of abuse. But yeah. if you're covering it from a warranty, you and I both probably know this on a personal level, There's you don't have to do much for them to void your warranty. And if you're using the car on the track all the time, because what we don't know, what the video doesn't tell us, we don't know if Acura pulled the VIN and found out that they've never done their service with a certified Acura tech. Because no. it's, an, it's an NC1 platform NSX. Like, you have to be qualified to work on the car. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not rocket science. I'm sure normal warp, you know, normal shops could do it. But we all know the car culture, the manufacturer, almost anything voids your warranty. Because I have to believe that if, they, if this were in a Ferrari, Ferrari would not honor it as well. Yeah. And that's my thought, because initially I was like, there's got to be more to this story than Acura offered $20,000. What should we do? Yeah, well, they should. I don't know. Um, I think for the sake of kind of getting rid of the situation, they should do whatever they have to do to, to appease the customer. Otherwise, it's bad press, you know. But do you think but Acura the, cares? I mean, we both have Acuras. Well, they make more money off service than they do their cars, I'm sure. Yeah, because the thought is... I've seen them try to buy people's cars back before. There's a guy, you know, I think Robert Lane out of Florida who made a big stink. He had an issue with his, the rear alignment when they replaced the fuel tank in his 2017. Yeah. And he was playing super difficult. They offered to buy his car back. And he said, fuck you. No, I'm just going to blow your name up all over the place. So they tried to make it right. 
the guy on Facebook right now, they offered him $170,000 for his car. He was the one with the $30,000 oil pumps too. Could have been. Yeah. It was a blue yeah. one or whatever out of Florida. Yeah. You know, so there's always going to be cars that have situations, but I think out of all those examples, this one would be the toughest to try to get Acura to pay for. I know I had a, I had a friend who bought a blue NC one in 2017 and he leased it. And I guess as on his way home, something happened to the transmission and he had to have it towed back to the dealership and they let him out of his lease because he was causing a big fuss. Yeah. But he, they, they made him sign a non-disclosure. Yeah. But he told me and I don't like him anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> Robert, you don't fuck me over. I'm spreading no, your news. It actually, it actually wasn't Robert. It was somebody in Connecticut here. <laughs> Marcus, I'm just going to name people until I land right. But yeah, I mean, it's, but at least the <laughs> manufacturer tried to do something, right? It's like, oh, really? I'm, if I'm leasing a car and something happens and they let me out of my lease, then I basically just had a cool car for a while and now I'm moving on to the next car. Yeah. Well, he had a cool car for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things happen. I have a key in my, my Acura cabinet over here that came from a blown up NSX just before okay. they released them out here. They came out and they ran it without oil for like 6,000 miles and the car blew up. Jeez. And then, Were they doing that just for like testing? The it was testing. Six? Yeah, it was, it was before the car officially came out. There's a video on, on YouTube of people dra- taking the drain plug out of a 22 RE on like a Toyota pickup. Yeah. And just run. And it, the, it's a long video. It just keeps going with no oil. <laughs> That's like the remember that was it the nineties or, or early two thousands the Castro Syntec commercials where they drained all the motors and they would just run all of them until they, they find out which one seized up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know the answer. I think if I was Acura, I would just pay the people to give them what they want to go away kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah, because like I said, they make more money off text than they do uh, selling cars. So, I think if if I, I'm this if I'm this blonde lady complaining about this and i make it a reel on instagram maybe i don't show the overlay of speed vegas yeah you yeah know, that's true just show that's the true. guys the technicians at the dealership taking your car for a joyride yeah i i don't trust i don't trust Acura dealerships uh, my, my friend mike here he brought his nsx to a place and they only have nsx techs working on it and it was a first gen NSX, and they had the uh, twin disc clutch with the mid plate, and got to do the the mid plate initial initialization, and they didn't do it, mm. and they charged them thousands of dollars for the clutch job, and he made it a couple blocks down the road until the clutch was fried. So it's like mm. I, I I don't trust I don't trust anybody working. I was going to say car. it could be any dealer, honestly. Yeah, I don't trust anybody work. I mean, I try to avoid it and do it on my nobody. Look, if I was Jay Leno, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get my hands greasy. I'm probably going to pay somebody else to do stuff. But I don't. I just don't think anybody's going to work out. It's human nature. Nobody's going to love your stuff as much as you do. You know, Dude, I say that about everything. No one's yeah. going to take care of your shit like you take care of your shit. That's why I don't have a pickup yeah. truck right now. Yeah. I, I have a friend who's a great mechanic. He does such great work on his own stuff. <laughs> when I bring him something, it's just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, uh, Tony, where are you at with that? Oh, yeah, you know, I started working on it a couple months ago, and, you know, you yeah. know, I got clients. Well, I'm your yeah. client. Yeah, but you're my boy, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's how that goes. <laughs> That's a pro and con of having a buddy that does stuff. Yeah, well, and the other thing it goes the other way, too, having partners. I just went half with somebody on a car, and we don't exactly see eye to eye on everything about what we want to do to it. So. All right, but, Chris. Yeah. 
Yeah, nice talking to you. Thanks for having me on. Of course, enjoy your night. Um, if you get lonely, you can shoot me a text. I'm a couple hours behind you. Yeah, hopefully I'm not a popsicle in the morning. I hope hopefully my stays. voice will keep you warm. <laughs> Supposedly this thing is very efficient, and it, it one gallon will last three nights, one gallon of diesel. What do you so, have coming out for videos soon? Do you want to tell the people? Uh, so I haven't been bumping them out as much as I used to. My last three videos were the heater install, and I've been waiting for it to snow out so I could make this video. So, yeah, uh, you'll see a boring video of me freezing. <laughs> so this will come out um, next Monday. So March <laughs> okay. 6th. It probably won't be out for a while. I'm probably going to wait a couple of weeks before I even start editing it, to be honest. We'll All see. Right. I don't know. Well, you'll help me promote it then. Sure. You guys want to know firsthand what's going on, and then they'll listen and they'll, they'll hear us bullshitting about Speed Vegas. And Yeah, honestly, if people want to know what's going on with me, they're better off listening to your podcast because I think I've always announced things on your thing first before <laughs> I haven't actually ever seen it on YouTube. So. He is NS Extra Kiss, Chris Cut. Um, he's one of the most original NSX modifiers that in that live in the modern day, and everyone hates him because he's a redneck with one and a half NSXs and a camper and a dog and a motocompo. <laughs> All right, later, man. Have a good night. It is time for our new segment, returning special guest, Mr. Bob Marshall, a.k.a. Bob Chat, from up above the U.S. border. It is the Can- the Canada. Bob Chat on Movies, this is the first official Bob Chat on Movies session. What do you have for us? What is going on? First off, how are you? If I were doing any better, I'd be you. (laughs) You I'm not doing that great, but I'm better now that we're doing this. Um, Yeah, we are going to take a look at some movies. The first first one we're going to do, the only one for today, we're going to take a trip back to the magical year of 1992. Do you remember that? Do you remember 92, Jay? I do. I was born in 1992. Are you lying to me? I swear to God. I know. Oh You're old as shit. God. <laughs> so in 1992, so depending, on, depending on what part of 1992, I was either finishing up my sophomore year in high school, I was watching oh my God. The, the Bulls versus Blazers in the NBA Finals, or I was starting my junior year in high school. Well, that's a it's this is a jam packed year for you, right? Yeah, it's three. three well, big let's things. hope that you had the oppor- Let's hope you had the opportunity to uh, to see this little this little cinematic gem. Have you ever seen a movie called Captain Ron? Captain Ron, I have not. Tell us about it. Have you seen it though? I have not. I just said I didn't. Oh, I thought you said you haven't talked about it. You have to yell at me. Okay. okay. So my, Captain my apologies. Ron. I'm a little emotionally unstable right now. <laughs> that's okay that's okay i bring out the worst some people i get it um <laughs> uh so captain ron 1992 okay star is two stars in the movie kurt russell you know him you love him everybody knows and loves kurt russell martin short you know him you yep. love him he's amazing whatever happened right him, so we don't have time for that but martin short he's doing a thing now uh murderville it's another show. We can get into that another day with uh, Steve Martin and uh, what's Have her face? Captain Ron? Justin Bieber. Selena Gomez is in it as well, too. So anyway, people. the yeah, movie, murder. the Chicago anyway, one. Okay, so, so I hold on. IMDb, 
IMDb describes oh, let it me as. Oh, tell you about it. Don't pull up IMDb. A Chicago, what does IMDb give it? It says a Chicagoan, inherits, a Chicagoan inherits an old yacht. He, his wife, daughter, and son fly to a Caribbean island and hire a dubious Captain Ron to sail them on an adventure to Miami. I feel like I've actually seen this, but I wouldn't remember it. So what happens is it's the it is the um, oh, what is their name now I can't even think uh, the Harvey family so the Harvey family so yeah he get, inherits a yacht from his like uncle that he hasn't seen in years he hasn't seen the boat since like he was a kid and they're like oh great we're gonna go down to this Caribbean island we're gonna sail it up to Miami we're gonna sell it get a bunch of money but then the yacht company appraises the boat and realizes that it's a piece of shit. So instead of sending like an appropriate captain, they're like, oh, just send him a local. And the local is Captain Ron, a.k.a. Kurt Russell. And basically he is just this fucking character and they get in all kinds of trouble. Like he uh, is he kind yeah. of like a loser throwaway. Oh, they think he's a real captain, but and he advertises himself as such. But they find out that he's kind of a phony well, he's not necessarily a phony, but he's, uh, it's, they, they, they're not, he's not what they expected. Right. And then basically hilarity ensues and they get in all kinds of trouble. There's an amazing soundtrack too, by the way, like you got Bob Marley songs. Have you ever heard of a band called Blinky and the Roadmasters? I have not. Okay. I'm going to send you a song. Please do. Um, they have a song called Caroline. Look that up. If hard parking listeners look up Caroline by blinking the Roadmaster. If you want a feel good song, that's your fucking jam right there. But basically he's, yeah, he's just this oddball character and he just gets them in all kinds of trouble. And needless to say the trip to Miami, <laughs> it doesn't go as planned. So this has been a staple in my house for years. When I was growing up, we used to watch this at Christmas all the time. I don't know no why kidding. Christmas we're in camp. We're in Canada, so you know what I what we do doesn't need to make sense to you guys. But yeah, so every time I see, I love Captain Ron. I'll watch it at least once a year, no problem. It's not more. So you I know, need to check out Captain Ron. You have to watch Captain Ron. If you don't like Captain Ron, I'm going to be super disappointed. But I will strive to bring you something better next time. Right. Yeah, I want to try to find movies that you that you haven't seen. There's Actually, a ton the of movies I, I haven't seen. I thought you were well versed in cinema. Yeah, it all depends. <laughs> it's all relative. Well, I've got a uh, for the next time that we do this. I have a uh, little piece. You know, how people say Americana, mm-hmm. right? Obviously. So uh, I like to. I don't know if other people say this, but I like to coin the term Canadiana. Canadiana. So little pieces of little pieces of uh, you know part of our heritage. So uh, is the there a cafe Canadiana? <laughs> no, there is not. So we get you beat. That, I, we do have we have Cafe Americana. I know that's your drink of choice. That's your uh, your caffeine of choice, is it not? It is. Yes. Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a latte man. <laughs> well, we're going to be visiting you with a latte episodes in the future. Um, I want to leave you with a quote from Captain Ron. Is that okay? It is. Okay, so they're like talking to him, and they're like. They're like, oh, where'd you learn to where'd you learn to park the boat like that? He's like, oh, I learned I learned that parking the old Sarah. They're like, Sarah. He's like, yeah, the USS Saratoga. Like, Captain Ron, you drove the USS Saratoga. He's like, yeah, till we hit a reef off the till we hit a reef off uh, off the coast of Australia. The damn thing ran the whole coast. <laughs> That's right. Like, the Great Barrier Reef, Captain Ron. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot in there. I think you would really enjoy it. I think everyone listening would really like it. 
kind of a kind of a hidden gem. Not a lot of people know about it, but it's uh, it's awesome, and it's only apparently only ninety nine minutes. So if you've got the time, make the time. We'll make the time. Talk to you next time. Can I rate the movies as well? I'm gonna rate. I want to rate them out of five. Captain Ron, five fucking stars. Five stars only because you see it every year. Bob Jack. Well, that's not true. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't watch it every year. It's awesome. Fair enough. All right, it's Bob from Bob Chat. She is Divya Sangam back from ValuePenguin.com. Today we are going to talk about fatal car crash reports. Divya, what do you have for us? So, um, you know, Jay, we actually spoke earlier in the year about how auto insurance rates are going up. And one of the reasons that I brought up uh, for why rates are increasing is, you know, the number of accidents happening. Mm -hmm. And that's going up. You know, so we were curious, like, is this something that's been happening over the past two years because of COVID? Or is this part of a larger trend? So we found a really good um, data set that looks two decades into the past, and we were able to identify, you know, where crashes have been happening, what kind of car crashes have been happening. And it just sort of tells a story we've been telling about being safe on the roads. So pretty much what we found is that from 2007 to 2014, um, fatal car crashes, which is the most devastating of accidents, were actually declining before they started to rise again in 2014. Hmm. Um, and, you know, there are many reasons for it. Uh, some people say it's because of distracted driving, because there's more tech in the cars. But whatever the reason is, this is really interesting that people were safe up until 2014, and then they started driving dangerously again. Um, the other thing we found is that nearly a third of fatal car crashes were caused by speeding. Now you would think it would be DUIs or distracted driving, but no, the number one cause of fatalities is speeding. Um, The second thing we found is older drivers were involved in a larger share of fatal crashes than younger drivers. Um, You know, drivers age 65 and above, that's what I was talking about when I said eight um, older drivers. Right. Uh, But the number of older drivers who are getting involved in accidents are decreasing. But the teen drivers, so drivers age 15 to 20, um, they were only only involved in about 12% of fatal car crashes um, in 2020, but that's an increase. And this is the third highest um, increase. We also found that there were more pedestrians dying. So... You know, I just thought the teenager point was really interesting because we're right. kind of heading into high school graduation season. You're, a lot of kids are going to get cars from their parents. Um, and I think it's so important for parents to talk to their teenagers about responsible driving and just staying safe out there. Um, and also the pedestrian point was really interesting because, you know, we're all, uh, especially for a lot of Gen Z and, you know, younger millennials, um, who live in cities or in in places where they commute and they walk a lot, like you have to be careful because you could get into an accident. It's it's just scary to think that even the act of walking on the sidewalk could be dangerous to you, but that's where we're at. Yeah, and we have a lot of listeners that do have school-age children. Some have many years before they're actually driving. Some have a few years. Some are actually driving now. These numbers are... They're, I guess they're, they are a little alarming, but 
you know, there's got to be like solid data that goes into them. Obviously, the nearly one in three fatal car crashes is, is caused by speeding. And it would seem as if that would feel like it would be obvious. But, you know, I don't, you know how they're defining speeding. I mean, speeding is right. Speed limit is 65, right? So if you're going yeah. to 70, technically you're speeding. You're going to 90, you're really speeding. Do we do we know what that variance is or it doesn't really matter? Speeding is speeding. Um, speeding is basically going above the speed limit. And, you know, consider this. You know, when you're inside the car and you're going five miles above the speed limit, it doesn't seem like a lot. But if you hit something at 65 miles an hour, it can do serious damage. Sure. So that's the one thing that, you know, we don't often think about, um, especially when we're driving is, uh, you know, it says 60, the, the speed limit says 20 miles, I go at 25, you know, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is you could, um, you could crash, you could get hurt. Um, and I think there's a lot more conversation and awareness around not drinking or driving or not looking at your phone. Um, and while there is, Definitely a lot of campaigning around stopping people speeding. I mean, you see a lot of enforcement on the on the roads now. They're catching people who are speeding, even on local roads. Um, I feel like we've gotten a little more comfortable behind the wheel when we're driving, and that yeah. definitely contributes. I mean, it's fun to go fast. I'm not going to lie, but it's... <laughs> Not safe. <laughs> it's not. And as far as, you know, we knew that distractive driving driving is kind of a factor. I don't know, you know, where that is on here. And I don't know how, how you even prove that someone's distracted unless, these, you know, the cars have these little black boxes or you have cameras. But it seems like we have far more technology. We do have far more technology now yeah. in our vehicles, um, you know, in the last five years. Now, CarPlay, Android Auto, those things are in probably 99% of vehicles, at least you can buy in the States. But I think that kind of breeds comfort, comfortness to not really pay as much attention, maybe. I, I'll tell you a story. In 2000 and let's see, before we moved here, in 2012, 13, I was driving the opposite way over by my house when I lived in Grand Rapids. And I was watching these two large geese Actually, a family of geese crossed the street. They were crossing in front of me, going right to left. And I noticed another car, a little white car, coming down over the hill. And I'm looking. I go, they're not slowing down. Oh, my gosh, they're not going to stop. And as just before impact, I noticed there was a person driving, and their head was down looking at their smart device. Boom. Hits one of the, the geese. Obviously, feathers go flying everywhere deep. The, the goose flies probably 150 feet. And then the person driving was like, oh, my gosh, I just hit a bird. They stopped, thought about it, and then it kept going. I would hopefully in 2023, that person now is not looking down. And then I think I'm guilty of it. My wife's guilty of it. We're all kind of guilty of doing this thing where you're looking down and up, look down and up, split second by split second, not just staring at your device. But I think even with these these in-screen, in-car full screen displays that manufacturers are putting in, there's still an opportunity for people to be distracted by what's on that. And, and, you know, and I'll be honest, you know, when we think distracted driving, our first thought always goes to the cell phone because, well, they're everywhere. And, you know, they're such a huge part of our lives, but 
Um, honestly, distracted driving includes every kind of distraction. So that means people talking in the car, um, you fiddling around with the radio station, trying to change it. Lost in thought. Uh, you're, turn you're turning around, screaming at your kids. Um, you know, you're eating in the car. There's so many types of distractions that can distract us from actually driving and focusing on the road. But yes, cell phones are the biggest menace. Um, there are other distractions. The takeaway is when you're driving, you should definitely be looking at the road. You're right. You know, because I'm thinking about the speeding tickets that I've gotten over the years and never once was it from a smart device? It's either a conversation like you had mentioned, or B my brain. I was just my, my I was just thinking somewhere. My, my brain wasn't yeah. on the task. I was lost in thought, and I was like, "Oop." There and you go. Let's be honest. You know, nowadays cars come with so much safety built into them. Like you know, they have the lane assist and the blind spot monitors and brake assist and all of these. But some of the cars, especially some of the more luxury cars, they can drive themselves almost. Um, so what ends up happening is we're relying a little bit too much on these, um, on the technology. And sometimes we could be taking the eye off the ball, especially when we're driving. And these stats just drive home the importance of being safe on the road. Like, yes, it's really scary to think about, oh, I'm heading out to get some groceries and somebody, I could hit, hit someone or somebody could hit me and I could die. but. The reality is you need to think about this before and be careful and vigilant when you're driving, but also you need to take steps and start planning for contingencies. Like you don't want to be caught on the left foot when something terrible happens. You know, one of the big things that kind of stand out to me on this uh, has to do with, it says July, August, September, and October registered the highest percentage of fatal car crashes. It says in 2006 to 2020, Fatal car crashes were least common in the winter and early part of the spring. Fatal car crashes were more likely to occur on weekends and during daylight hours. Now, do you know if that's weekends, daylight hours in the same bucket or weekends during the daylight hours or weekdays? Um, I'm sorry, weekdays during yeah. the daylight hours. Because I, I read that and I think well, you're coming home from work and you're tired. I'm one of those drivers where I would always fight to stay awake just in regular traffic. and There was nothing I could do about it. And then you have the blind spots. Do you know what goes into that? Um, so the reason why we looked at when car crashes happen is we wanted to kind of question certain assumptions. So people think, oh, in the winter, it's dangerous. If the roads are icy. So people are more likely to get into accidents. In the springtime, you know, your days are short. You have a lot of bad weather, rain. And so people think, oh, you know, it's bad weather. So um we kind of associate external factors with, um, you know, driving tragedies. But the reality is accidents are happening when people are driving in the summer. You know, those are the summer months. Everyone's hitting the road. They're going on their vacations. Weekdays when you're driving into the office and daylight hours when you're most likely to drive. So the reality is you're you need to be careful Um when they're even when you're doing your routine driving in what you may think of as the safest conditions to drive. So that was the real takeaway from this finding. And that, mm. that shook us a little bit because, you know, I think as human beings, we want to, we don't want to take that, uh, that kind of a thought in our mind. Like, you know, we, we want to blame outside factors, but, you know, we could be 
endanger even in what we may consider to be the safest circumstances. I don't see a bullet point for, and it could be underneath another category, things like drunk driving and middle of the night, because the assumption would be middle of the night. But according to this, it's not really because you're driving home from the club or someone's driving home from the club, or maybe there's fewer cars on the road, which affects Um, the numbers. I think a huge part of the decline in um, accidents at night or, you know, drunk driving accidents after you come home from the club has been due to ride sharing. I feel like more people are aware of ride sharing services. So now when people go out to the club, they're not taking their cars. They're either going with a designated driver friend or, you know, everyone Ubers there and Ubers home and Ubers available even in some of the more remote corners of America. So it's not just a city thing. Um, anymore. So there is a greater awareness of um, not driving drunk or not driving at night. And um, I think that's definitely brought those numbers down. We didn't include every single number in our report, but since I did the research, I can tell you what I saw on the stats um, because I feel like that makes for a more interesting conversation as well. Do you think rideshare is actually contributing to things slowly getting better or, or maybe not? Um, well, rideshare definitely has contributed to the decline in um, drug driving fatalities, and that's been documented. Um, beyond that, I wouldn't know if it's making things better or not. There is so many angles to this debate right. on the one, sure. you know. Um, so let's leave it at that. Uh, but I know for a fact that it has led to a decrease in um, DUI and drunk driving fatalities. Good information. Always good. Like I said, you're welcome back whenever you have something cool like this, and you would only reach out when you have something cool like this. So I want to thank you, uh, Divya Sangam, for joining from ValuePenguin.com. Thank you so much for having me. All those interviews are brought to you by The Cell Shop, an Arizona-based retailer that strives to be your destination of choice for wireless services, whether Arizona, Washington State, California, Texas, or Florida. They're an authorized ATT dealer, so visit them at sellshop.us and get connected today. So I want to thank Chris Cut, Bob Chat, and Divya Sangam of ValuePenguin.com for dropping by the show today. Also want to thank Right Honda and Right Toyota of Scottsdale, Arizona, forwellonline.com, and of course the aforementioned Cell Shop Wireless Services, Patreon Business Supporter, Cooley Automotive, Auto Wingard, Florida, Pell Construction, Alcalde, Michigan, Beak House, Small Home Design of Ashford, Virginia, Traverse City, Michigan, Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals out of Glendale, Arizona, and Shipping Success for West Tankers out of Boise, Idaho. You guys like how fast I said that. Get your Hard Parking Podcast gear at hardparkingpod.com. Click on the store link. Maybe it says buy merch. I don't know. Special thanks to Mark Stolman, Kathy Cox, Ada Ramos, Richard Grace, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alex Camino, Andrew Buckley. What your name thanked at the end of the show? Free shout outs. Next show, drop me an email, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com and say, Jay, I need a shout out. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning and join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group. I can't grow without you telling the world how great the show is. So let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. And I will talk to you all next week. Shut up! (laughs) A beater.